Okay, you guys, here we go. She Runs Ultras episode number 84. So last week, I got an email from a podcast listener asking about rest days, specifically what you should do or not do. And actually, I should just read it so that you have the full context of the question. So here's what she said. For me, a rest day isn't sitting and doing nothing active all day. I don't feel our bodies are meant for that. A rest day for me will have a relaxed walk, easy pace, maybe some quick stretching or yoga and or mobility exercises. Yes, I love to sit and do nothing, but in small chunks. So my question is, should a rest day be a day of no physical exercises, limit what we do in that area, or can easy walks and easy yoga be beneficial? So I think this is a great question and it's something that lots of runners struggle with. So I wanted to sort of unpack this and give you my point of view, plus some things to think about when it comes to your own training. So back in February, I think it was February of this year, I did an episode number 61, I think, three ways to get more rest that talks about three areas of your life that you can explore to start to understand where you can reduce your stress and feel more relaxed. And if you haven't listened to that one, definitely go back and do so because I specifically want to give you strategies for how to deal with the root cause of your tiredness, your exhaustion, your stress, maybe even when it comes to training. And you guys probably know by now, I'm not a fan of anything that is quote unquote a hack because hacks aren't solutions, right? They're typically band-aids, temporary solutions, temporary fixes for things that eventually will pop up in the long run. And when it comes to rest and recovery, we need to actually look at the root cause and work up from there. So in that episode, we actually investigate three areas. So the first one was environmental stress, the stuff that's happening around you every day, your home, your relationships, your friends, work, etc., and trying to make dedicated efforts to reduce stress in those areas, those buckets. The second was your training plan, having a good plan that's tailored to you with recovery weeks programmed in at regular intervals. And then the third area was your everyday schedule and routine. Um, More specifically, the things that you're doing on a day in and day out basis that you can do more of or less of in order to feel more well rested. Simple things like getting high quality nutrition, hydration, and sleep. Okay. So if you start with those three areas, you'll likely make some big strides in reducing your stress and boosting the rest and recovery that you already have. Meaning like You don't need to try and do more. You just actually are going to do what you're already doing better. Um, So start there. So go back and listen to episode 61. Because in this episode, I want to actually talk about what your rest days look like. So just like this person wrote in and asked this question, what should you actually do? What shouldn't you do? Because I think this is something that trips people up, hence the email, right? Like she's looking for help and or validation uh, for what she should or shouldn't do. And so right off the bat, I'm going to start with one assumption and one caveat when it comes to this discussion, okay? These probably won't surprise you, but I have to put it out there because it sort of shapes how we go about talking about these things. So right away, I'm going to assume for the purposes of this discussion, that you're already following a training plan and it has built in down weeks, okay? If you are just 
jumping into the podcast and this is the first episode that you're listening to, I want you to go all the way back to the beginning. I think it's episode four where I talk about training plans and I walk you through how to write your own training plan. And there's a, um, a download in there. I will give you the PDF that walks you through the whole process. And part of that discussion is not just building from day one, week one to week 16 or week 20 all the way. Like we sort of do this stair effect where we go up, we level off or go down and then we step up again and so on and so forth. So that's the first assumption that you're following a training plan and it has built in down weeks. The caveat to this discussion is that every athlete is different and every athlete has unique needs when it comes to rest. There is no universal template or recommendation for how much rest you should get every week. So just keep that in mind because we'll sort of talk about this a little bit here. So let's just get right into what your rest days should look like, right? When it comes to rest days, I personally think there are two options. There is option number one, which is a full and complete rest day, which means in my words, a day off with no formal workout or physical activity. You're just hanging out. Okay. The second option is what I would call sort of an easy movement day. This means a day with light physical activity that is well below your physical threshold, well below, okay? Because I'll hold off on that thought for a second. But I personally try to get a full and complete rest day every two to three weeks, depending on my training, and every week, one to two easy movement days baked right in there. Again, how many, how frequently, all that will sort of depend on you, your goal race, your schedule, your training. But as a general rule, I think those are good guidelines. So every two to three weeks, a very complete day off. And every week, one to two easy movement days baked into your training schedule. Now, when it comes to ultra running, this is sort of what I wanted to say before, is that there's this common misconception that we do or should do exponentially more training for our races than runners say at the half or full marathon distance. And while it is true that we do longer runs and our total volume will most likely be higher, it's not astronomically higher. It's not above and beyond. Okay. We're not out there hammering away seven days a week for hours upon hours, upon hours, upon hours on end. Okay. More isn't always better. And part two of that statement is more doesn't guarantee an ultra finish. So if you're just getting into this, like if you are trying to do your first 50 K your first ultra, and you're jumping in and thinking, okay, well, I did a half marathon or I did a marathon and now I really have to up my game in order to get this first 50K finish. I want to, I want you to just pump the brakes on that for a second and start to think about and listen to what I'm talking about in terms of rest. Also go back and listen to the previous 83 episodes because they will definitely be helpful for you, specifically the mini series that I did on how to run your first 50K. Um, But you don't have to go, 
You don't have to like, I use this term a lot, but like you have to have blow yourself up in order to get to this first 50K. What does guarantee a finish, whether it's your first 50K or your longest race, is smart and strategic training that's centered around you, which means that you have to be an active participant in the training process versus blindly following a free plan or someone else's plan that you're just along for the ride for. Because when we check out and we just let somebody else take the wheel, this is when we get into trouble. So let's shift back to what these days should actually look like, what you should actually be doing. A full and complete rest day is just that. You're not doing any formal training. I, okay, I do still think though, (laughs) I am who I am. I do still think you should do your daily shakedown because that's super important. But other than that, you're giving your body a break from training entirely. Now, I will say that these types of rest days can be tough mentally for runners because there is that element that I just talked about of, I should be doing something else or I should be doing more, or you're comparing yourself to someone else, maybe someone else that you know that you're training with and that is doing the same race as you and you're training differently or you take this rest day and they don't, okay? And I will would also like to just say, just because you take a rest day doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you, doesn't mean your training is off track. Like, this is actually really important. And taking this rest day can sometimes feel like you're going to backslide in your training. And I promise you, 100%, that's not going to happen. One day or one day every two weeks or every three weeks is not going to derail you, okay? It's actually what really is going to happen is that your training is actually going to get better. You're going to come back feeling better than before. So these complete rest days are really important and will actually boost your training in the long run, no pun intended, (laughs) okay? So they're just days off. You can hang around, you can watch TV, you can, you know, get some stuff done around the house. But again, the effort is low. And I don't just mean the effort for physical. We're trying to lessen the mental load. We're trying to lessen the emotional load too. It all plays into it. It's not just your physical training output in a running strength training mobility context. It's the whole thing. We're trying to reduce the whole load. All right. Now, personally, I'm a fan of the second option, which is the easy movement for my rest days. So some of some examples of what I do sort of include long walks with my dogs. Now that could be, you know, a long walk is not a half marathon, a long walk is like, I don't know, three, maybe four miles, but it's a, like, we are stopping to sniff every leaf. (laughs) Like it is not a strenuous walk. Okay. I will definitely do some easy yoga or a mobility session on an area that I know that needs attention. Might go for an easy bike ride or on like a really easy hike. Like again, very low effort and all very fun. Okay. I try to make doing stuff that's fun a priority because I think we all get to a place where, 
you know, the training can wear on you sometimes and not just physically, like we were talking about before, mentally and emotionally too. So it's really nice to have a break. And I try very hard not to think about training at all that day. I just think about, I'm going to have a fun day. We're going to do these fun things and I'm not going to think about training. And then tomorrow I jump right back in. Now, I know I've mentioned this before, but movement variety is crucial to training because that helps to ward off overuse injuries. So I also think about my easy movement days as being the perfect opportunity to give my body a break and do something different than my normal training. So if you're sort of struggling with the idea of resting, air quotes, right, then this is a way that you might be able to sort of trick your brain into accepting it as part of your training, that you're doing something different, you're having, you're creating this movement variety, because eventually in the long run, it's a good way to ward off potential injuries, okay? So that's just another way to sort of think about this. Now, I do want to mention this next thing before we wrap up, um, because the tricky part about training is... That unless you're tapering, and this sort of goes back to being an active participant in the training process, unless you're tapering, the goal is not to attempt to be fully rested and recovered after every single training session before you start the next. If that was how you were training, then you probably wouldn't be able to get to your goal in the allotted time frame because you'd be resting a lot and your training would just get spread out over a longer and longer and longer time frame. And you'd actually be less prepared because you'd never have had the experience of being fatigued and then having to go and do another workout with that low level fatigue still in your body. Again, this sort of mimics the long runs and the late stages of your race. So what I'm saying is that if you're doing it right, you're always going to be carrying some level of fatigue from day to day, and that's on purpose, and that's okay, but the active role that you need to play in this is really learning to evaluate where the tipping point is and figuring out what's too much and where you need to insert an easy movement day and or a full and complete rest day. So you're not training wrong if you're feeling tired and fatigued you're okay that's the point but then the real tricky part like I just said is figuring out what's too much and this is where you know having the daily shakedown as part of your routine can help you to tap into okay how am I feeling today gives you that opportunity to go through the body, to scan from head to toe, take an inventory, figure out how you feel, and not just wake up, throw your stuff on, and just head out the door and blindly do the workout before you've actually assessed what the body needs in order to make that workout the highest quality, the most productive thing, okay? So, You're not doing it wrong if you're feeling a little tired from day to day to day, but what we don't want is for you to just blast right through, ignore the signals that your body is sending you, and then all of a sudden end up with an injury and then be forced to rest because you physically can't run. And that will totally derail your training. Okay. So again, as another sort of shameless plug for the daily shakedown as a way to take inventory or take your temperature, so to speak, to help you figure out when to rest and when to push. Okay. And this just means that optimizing the time that you do have to rest and recover is important. So 
now that we've talked about the different types of rest days that's involved and like involved in your overall training and what you should do on each of those days, what does this mean for your training plan? Like which of these should you do first? Sort of like if you've never taken a rest day, (laughs) which should you try first? And my suggestion is if it's been a while since you've had a day off, do that first. So do a full and complete rest day because you most likely need it. If you're someone who builds from the day you you know, you start training, you decide that you're training for a race and you build all the way until race day, excuse me, race day, you need a, a day off. Okay. Do that first. Notice how you feel afterwards. And if you have had a lot of thoughts about backsliding in your training or guilt around, I should be doing more, that's valuable information that will help you to see sort of where your head is at and it will give you an opportunity to do some mental skills training, okay? If you do the complete rest day and the following day, you're actually more sore and stiff, then I would say you're better off to do what I do, which is the easy movement day as your rest day for a while, and then insert a complete rest day a little bit further on down the line. So you'd be doing more easy movement, more walking, more low level effort, walking, biking, yoga, mobility, like just keeping it really low key. Okay. And I do enjoy a good full day off every once in a while, but I am definitely more of a fan of the easy movement days because I have found through my shakedowns and through a lot of years of experimentation that I just feel better when I move. So even on my rest days, I'm still moving, but it is way, way, way easier than any workout that I would schedule for myself on any other day. Okay. Now, before I wrap things up, I just want to talk about this other aspect of training that will definitely help you when it comes to rest and recovery. And that's the idea of training in the gray zone. Now you, you may have heard of this before you may not, and that's okay. But really what it comes down to is it's all about creating differentiation in your training sessions. And what often happens is people don't go easy enough on the easy days or conversely hard enough on the hard days. And these sessions, every training session just starts to blend together. And everything sort of looks to, looks the same. There's no clear start or finish to anything. And it just sort of turns gray. Like when you get all the paint colors together and you put them on the palette and then you just run your fingers through them all, it turns into this mottled gray bleh color. And that's what happens with your training sometimes. And I will tell you, freely admit that I've done this before. Okay. And it's not going to help you get to your goal. Now we talk about this a lot in run your first 50 K because it's a mistake that I made a lot as a beginner ultra runner. And I see it a lot with runners training for their first ultra, but I also see it with people who are training for their farthest ultra because they just get so wrapped up in the process. Every phase of your training should have an objective, right? Your training is broken into phases and each one has an objective. The thing that you're trying to achieve, the physical outcome or the result that you want to get from your body during that four, six, eight, 12, however many week block, okay? Every workout within your training plan should also have an objective and what tends to happen is that you just get so focused on running the miles, like logging the miles, being able to check the box and say, oh, I ran eight, 12, 14, 32. Like I ran all the miles, 
But what happens is you do it without any attention to what the purpose of the run is. You just throw on your stuff, head out the door. You know, you're supposed to run five miles today. You clock five miles often as fast as you can. And if you can't do it as fast as you can, then you get worried that you're not doing it right. You're, you're backsliding. The purpose of every run should be stuff like zone two or hills or tempo or interval. Like you should have a specific objective. So if you have a plan and it just says go run five miles or go run however many miles and there's no specific objective to each of the workouts, you're just logging miles, it's not going to help. And you're probably going to end up uh, overtrained, injured, or underprepared for the thing because you're just going to be, you just end up in this gray zone. And where all the runs, they just slowly become the same, usually all out efforts. And then you end up in the middle of the gray zone. And you start to actually feel more exhausted mentally and physically because you're not making any progress, sort of what I alluded to before, and you're not getting enough rest the whole purpose of this podcast. And it's like you're on a hamster wheel. You're just going around and around and around. You don't really see a way off. It looks dangerous for you to get off because you're, you have so much momentum, but you can't see any other way out. (laughs) You're just, you're just on this hamster wheel. So keep that in mind as you're listening to this podcast. And as you're sort of sifting through your training plan and trying to figure out where you're going to add more rest days, make sure that all of your workouts have objectives and they're specific to your race too. Now in run your first 50 K, I give you a full training plan with all the stuff mapped out, like how many miles to run, what the objective of the workouts are, when to rest, when to strength train, what to do with your strength training, all the mobility, like all of the things. And that really has helped a lot of women just map this out so that they can focus on the intent uh, and the objective of every single workout so that they don't have to do the nitty gritty stuff of figuring out all these things for themselves. They get the plan, they follow it, they win. (laughs) Okay. Like it's a very simplistic, uh, description of it, but that's, that was basically the objective of that. So if you're interested in that, if you want more info or you'd like to join the next round, just go to www.runyourfirst50k.com. I will link that in the show notes below and you can find all the information there. So your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to tell me about how you're going to incorporate more rest days and or your love-hate relationship with rest days and how you're going to solve for that. All right, you guys, that's all for this episode. Enjoy this beat and I will see you all soon.